we acknowledge the Wajuk people and the wider Noongar community uh, on whose country uh, we conduct our uh, ceremonies and do our zazen this evening. This is Dharma talk on fear and zen. There's an old saying, uh, tell me what you love and I'll tell you who you are. Uh, maybe we could also say, tell me what you fear and I'll tell you uh, who you are. Uh, fear uh, shapes our lives in important ways. Uh, not all of them negative either. and love and fear themselves are, are deeply connected. We tend to cling to what we love and we fear uh, its loss. Safe to say uh, each and all of us have lives of clinging and uh, lots of it. Zen encourages us to let go of our clinging which doesn't mean to let go of our relationships but to be able to um, see that the clinging itself is transparent to the world. Uh, from time to time, uh, clinging lets go, fear lets go, and we see who we truly are. Finally, in the deepest place, uh, both our fear and clinging uh, themselves are lit by the moon. The Dharma is comprehensive and all-inclusive. In the deepest sense, uh, nothing is left out, and that includes our, for better or worse, uh, fears, for instance. Fear... So what do we fear? Uh, it's probably safe to say that we fear being shamed, humiliated, belittled. Uh, we fear not measuring up, uh, at least uh, to other people's expectations and sometimes to our own uh, as well. In our more confident moods, we fear that we won't be taken at our own estimation. Like this, we spend a lot of our time sweating the small. Uh, I, it's a great question, I think. Why do we set sweat the small? We know it's the small. We know that uh, all of that worry, and, uh, all that worry, make a special virtue out of worrying, as though worrying um, in itself is some kind of virtue. And we endlessly sweat small stuff uh, in our lives. And uh, it's a question I want to throw open when we, uh, when we do some sharing at the end. It would be great to be able to take that theme up. I'd be interested in how you see it. Um, we also fear ridicule, um, fear our own fear, uh, fear our anger. And we rightly fear illness, incapacity and losing control, uh, especially when we're angry. 
I'm reminded of that expression. He was beside himself with anger. Um, when, when you lose control, in the sense you, you actually split, I mean, the metaphor has you splitting. And there is some sense, of course, to that in terms of our experience as well. Uh, and fear is the taproot to that kind of defensive anger. We fear the breaching of our defences, the undermining of our carefully crafted view of who we think we are. We fear uh, what we might call attack uh, from others. At bottom, we cling to the self that isn't there and fearing its obliteration, we desperately defend it. This is the impossible task of a lifetime, a, a source of endless pain and suffering. This may be why people accumulate vast wealth beyond anything they need. As well as being a flaunting of the small self, it's an elaborate protection of it as well. You can, have never, you can never have enough defence when you're defending what isn't there. Uh, fear can drive us to fight, flee or to freeze. These are kind of classic um, positions that when uh, we are afraid, when we are threatened, um, uh, we fight, flee or freeze. And I remember with family difficulties in my late teens, I escaped for a month or so to the south coast, as far as I could get away from Perth and the difficulties which were in my life with my mother in particular at the time. And uh, I remember going back home but being mortally afraid. Um, and I remember vividly being in the car. I was being driven by a friend and uh, having my arm like this across uh, my face, like this. Um, and it was... Uh, it's it, impossible to say. I mean, it, of course I could have not done it, I guess, but I felt frozen in that kind of uh, position. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all different. Some of us fight, some of us flee, some of us freeze, and uh, maybe we don't do the same thing every time either. In terms of fear, uh, we've been dealing with the personal, but there is also, importantly, um, what I would call altruistic fear. Uh, we fear for our planet, we f our home. We fear for living beings, including the Earth itself. We fear for threatened species. We experience such fear and heartbreak for what is happening. Altruistic fear is part of the, the bigger existential fear which we share with humanity at large, with all beings, in fact. This is the kind of fear that isn't reducible to bodily sensations um, and uh, the like alone. It includes big love, big sorrow, big anger, all of that unfolding in the midst of a vision of reality as interconnected and where all of us are mutually dependent. In terms of the net of Indra, which uh, Mary raised in Sushin on the weekend, um, each uh, unique uh, jewel uh, in the net uh, 
each of us, in fact, each unique jewel perfectly reflects and includes all of the others. Very important. Uh, so we are not just a bundle of sensations. I mean, that's a, a view, for, uh, that's an argument for no self, that there is no ownership of the sensations and feelings and thoughts and dreams that we have. Um, but taken alone, it's a reductive dumbing down when it's applied indiscriminately to our relationship to the world. Philosophy, breadth of vision, global consciousness uh, have their home in Zen as well as the minute investigation of what might ever be happening in your body, which also has its home there. We may also fear our own death, um, but fear the death of those we love more. Sometimes we fear dying, especially dying without control or dignity. Um, sometimes I suspect we fear this more than the great unknown of death itself. Yeah. How is that for you? Zen is great around death. Um, uh, a wonderful saying, when dying, just die. <laughs> it's no fuss, you know, when dying, just die. Just death, all through. Yeah. There was a, an old teacher, Lung Tan, um, and he was dying, and he was dying in agony. And his disciples uh, uh, gathered around him and they tried to hush him because this was uh, the sound of him. His cries and his fear uh, was terrifying. And to be honest, the temple patrons were nearby along with faithful uh, parishioners as well. And his disciples thought, uh, what will they think? A great Zen master like that and uh, showing his pain and fear uh, like that. It's a disgrace. In between his cries and shouts, uh, Lung Tan overheard them and said, <coughs> My hoarse and agonised death cries are not other than my joyous singing. Just sense here that even the, even the cries of fear and distress are also the way itself. Uh, the expression of the vastness of the way itself. Some of our fear is perfectly rational. It's easy to sort of think, you know, like the three companions, greed, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, um, fear, anger and sorrow. Three companions we know through our lives and in Zen. Um, and it's easy to sort of write off fear as another region of darkness. But um, some of our fear is perfectly rational. There are things we are afraid of and should be. Um, getting run over when crossing the road. 
getting food poisoning, dying of COVID-19, and on and on. And we take perfectly rational steps um, uh, to prevent those things as far as we can from happening. So we take good care and uh, properly attend to safety, ours and others. Our lives are not our own, solely, as well. So we have uh, responsibility. You know, our lives are our own, and in a way, of course, they're not. They go far beyond that. As Alastair reminded me recently, uh, at any moment, each and all of us, regardless of our age, are a hair's breadth away from death. <coughs> Fortunately, our instincts for self-preservation are powerful and function uh, out of a very deep uh, place. In evolutionary terms, as cave dwellers, we feared getting eaten alive. Now we are often eaten alive by primitive fear itself. We no longer face the same threats to our lives, but the fear uh, remains in shape-shifting forms for us. These irrational fears and floating anxieties often find expression in anxious overthinking, where we just keep returning to the same fearful thought or anxious thought over and over and over again. And when you are doing Zen meditation, you notice that this can become the content of your meditation. Fear and anxiety are very close. Um, fear relates, to, well, one way of making a distinction is to say that fear relates to a known or understood threat, whereas uh, anxiety follows from an unknown or poorly defined threat. A kind of floating anxiety, not sure why we feel so anxious. But the distinctions tend to be very blurry, I feel. working with fear and anxiety in our practice. To be completely honest, the first line uh, is to notice, let go, and to seamlessly return to your practice um, without blaming uh, yourself. In Zen, um, you return to the calm, you return to the fullness of the moment. If that is, is possible to do, uh, then you just do that. Um, it's good that, that if you can do it, that that be uh, seamless. Uh, no blame. Uh, the fact that uh, you're, when you realise you are lost, you are home. No need to blame yourself. Doesn't matter what happened in the last 15 minutes, it's got nothing to do with anything now. You are home and there is the fullness of the moment. And uh, you seamless. It's, uh, I like to say, it's been forgiven from the very beginning, so you don't need to blame yourself. You're just here in the immensity of the moment. Um, 
If that repeatedly fails, uh, allow your attention to open to include what's there. The geography of fear. Uh, notice the stories that are unfolding. Notice the repetitive stories to which you continually return. I'm reminded of the image of... Uh, I had a infestation of bees in the roof of my house and they all left and settled in the lantana bush of next doors and they built this hive, this amazing hive. When you peered through the lantana, there was just this immense golden hive and around it were these, are they called soldier bees? Um, they're like uh, bees that sort of guard the, the hive itself. And uh, there are just about three or four of them just going around and around and around. And it reminds me powerfully of um, the kind of fearful stories that go around in, uh, and in our consciousness, um, like those uh, soldier bees and that whole rather sinister feeling that that has. Um, Fear can be tracked uh, through the stories and images that arise and the overthinking and repetition that accompanies them. And with fear and anxiety, there is often tension in your gut, tightness in your heart, constriction in your throat and sometimes a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. And you can explore the geography of what it is that fear uh, actually is. By attending to our fear, uh, over time we are changed and can connected with the, connect with the world from a more settled, open place. When we speak, our words have much more heart and body in them and our compassion, speech and action feels less entangled with our codependent need to please others. Um, getting to know yourself uh, in that way uh, is liberating. You're not so confined by uh, fear. Courage. Courage is often considered to be the absence of fear. But that's more likely to be recklessness, braggadocio, bravado, insolent assurance uh, than it is courage. I think the mark of courage is facing what needs to be faced and including our fear. We turn to face the challenge and head into it, saying to ourselves, I'm going ahead with my fear. Uh, the inclusion of fear. Uh, the acknowledgement of it. Uh, every time I give a talk, I've been giving talks for 28 years now in teaching, I still feel fear when I come on and uh, before I start. Uh, so... I mean, lots of stars end, but there is still that um, that is there. So, yeah, I'm going ahead with my fear. Look, it sounds also terribly negative, this stuff, but fear and exhilaration. Um, you know, it's also... Fear is, can be a source of exhilaration. Um, yeah, I think especially when we include it. And I guess there are all kinds of dangerous sports and things like that which, uh, where we can experience that. As someone who's almost totally sedentary, this seems like an amazing thing to do, but I guess playing very difficult pieces on the piano is a form of exhilaration and maybe the overcoming of fear as well. 
Ah, there are two kinds of musicians. Those who don't know they will die and those who know that they will die and play accordingly. Uh, you can hear this uh, in jazz musicians, particularly maybe in jazz musicians, improvisers, yeah, and great classical musicians too. Fear of death is a great urger for creativity and it's also a great spur to practice. Yeah, we know that time is limited uh, using the time that uh, we have. Uh, using the time that we have to do the things that are important to do. Uh, the big stuff around love and forgiveness. Fear can block the light, uh, but it is in itself also the light of our self-nature. The path of sin is steep and we need courage and stickability for the way. I don't want to make it sound too arduous. Uh, if you consider a round of Zazen, that's a very fine start. One round at a time. Uh, if that's too difficult, uh, one moment at a time. Sheng Yin's instructions for the practice of silent illumination. Seamless, spirited, diligent. Not a bad description for practice over all. We practice for its own sake. And following Spinoza, we are virtuous, if we are, for virtue's sake. Our life is not other than who we are uh, and we live for life's sake and correspondingly we are lived. We die and in a sense there is no hole or void left behind uh, by our departure. In the hearts of people who love us, uh, perhaps. But um, there is no hole or void left by our departure. Um, it... Um, the world itself is eternally brimful, always full to the brim. In our insecurity, we cling to what is passing away. In terms of our life and practice, time is precious. Be there for the moment, uh, for the moment is all. Um, the moment, as my partner Antoinette says, is the moment of all moments. All moments gather as this moment. A beautiful verse by Wu Men. It can't be talking of your original face, your true nature. It can't be described, it can't be pictured, it can't be praised enough. Stop groping for it. The original face has nowhere to hide. When the world is destroyed, it is not destroyed. So what is your original face uh, right now? Thank you.